from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report? Hope this finds you well. We are excited about this Monday, not only because the uh, Saints are back in action, but, uh, well, because I'm home. <laughs> the Pelicans have been on the road a long time, and the preseason will take a turn toward the New Orleans Arena this week. We'll talk about that as we uh, go along today. And uh, producer Dan is here, and he has a tie on. It looks great, Dan. I, you know, Daniel is trying, you know, styling over here in Studio B today. Sean Kelly with you. We have a blockbuster show for you this Monday, and I don't think I'm overhyping things. Uh, Eric Gordon later on in the show. Uh, Eric speaks candidly about how the preseason has gone for him. We caught up with him over the weekend, so he's a part of uh, today's edition. Uh, even though the Saints didn't play, we can't ignore the NFL weekend. Mike Garofolo from Fox Sports 1 and FoxSports.com is a special guest today as well. He'll talk about the strange way that the Patriots-Jets game ended yesterday and a weekend filled with injuries, unfortunately, that will impact how the league plays out over the uh, probably the near and long-term future. And he does touch upon... Uh, the New Orleans Saints' next opponent, the Buffalo Bills, and um, talks about their win and their makeup in general uh, after their weekend uh, at Miami. So that'll be very good. But the bulk of the show today is the president of the New Orleans Saints and the New Orleans Pelicans, that's Dennis Lawsham, and uh, he is going to not only talk about the new renovations at New Orleans Arena, but I think he breaks a little news for us today on the Black and Blue Report so uh, pass the word around as soon as you hear it today during this podcast. There are a couple of new, noteworthy and newsworthy items that will uh, come out of Mr. Losh's mouth today. So we're very excited to have this Monday show put together for you. And, of course, you can always hit us up on Twitter, at Sean Kelly Live, or at D. Salerson, or the show's uh, in general Twitter account that's at Black Blue Report, and uh, help us get the word out and uh, help give us a better show for you by uh, sharing your feedback. Uh, that would be maybe whether we're doing something right, wrong, and different, or if you've got a guest that you've been dying to hear on this, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. All right, so with that being said, I want to get quickly to a one-minute timeout. That's right, just a one-minute timeout. And on the other side, we'll start our guest list today. Again, Eric Gordon later in the show, Mike Garofolo from Fox. And up next, Dennis Lasha here on the Black and Blue Report this month. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans as we tip off the 2013-14 season. With the release of our five-game flex plan presented by Mannings, we have a ticket plan for every fan. Packages start as low as $45 and feature the best seat locations to see all-star opponents, including the world champion Miami Heat. And with the purchase of every plan, you will receive a free $25 Mannings gift card while supplies last. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP to get your seats today. 
The Pelicans are your NBA team, and Beau Rivage Resort and Casino is your M-Life Resort right here on the Gulf Coast. Featuring 1,740 luxuriously appointed rooms, exquisite award-winning dining choices, a championship-caliber golf course, and all the amenities you've come to expect from MGM Resorts International, Beau Rivage is the only true resort experience you'll find in the South. You belong at the Beau. Beau Rivage Resort and Casino is proud to be a sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. It's a big week for Pelicans fans, to say the least. Not only is the team finally home, they'll take on the Miami Heat on Wednesday, but uh, the Pelicans themselves, their fans, uh, the city will really get to see a a lot of work completed this week as the New Orleans Arena reopens uh, for the Pelicans game on Wednesday. There'll be a concert on Tuesday, but the, the event that we're excited about is basketball back in the arena, a newly renovated New Orleans Arena on Wednesday night, and uh, with us here on the Black and Blue Report today is uh, Dennis Lasha. He's the president, as you know, of the uh, New Orleans Saints and the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, as I understand it, Dennis, you guys are going to kind of pull the curtain back today for some folks to take a look at a lot of hard work. I can't wait to see it myself. I've, all, I've had a chance or two to go over there, and I've almost turned it away just because I want to wait until it's time to go and the sweeping's done and everything else. It's, know, it's, no it's exciting. No question about it. And uh, I've had a number of opportunities to walk through the building over the course of the summer and take a look at what was uh, going on. And uh, I, like you, am very excited to see it today. Um, it's going to be uh, ready to go. It's going to be cleaned up. And, uh, you know, it's an um, amazing effort that uh, all of the construction workers have performed over the summertime to get everything uh, ready to go for the game. Um, you know, as we did with the uh, Superdome, you know, these uh, these construction efforts are always under the gun, and it's always uh, very difficult to work during the off-seasons. Um, and, uh, but they, they seem to do a tremendous job, and uh, a lot of credit goes to them and a lot of hard work. And so, like you said, I was in the building last week and uh, still had a lot of work to do, and so I'm, I'm very anxious and excited to see the final product today as well. I guess it was about two years ago, I guess, the, uh, the Hornets at the time played a preseason game at Orlando and literally were the first event in their new arena that Alex Martin and those guys had put together over there. I remember walking in um, on that 430 bus and literally they were picking up uh, Tyvex wrappers and sweeping as we were coming in the building for that night's game. I don't think it'll be like that on Wednesday because the, the concert will kind of get the building going, but... Um, do you expect a smooth opening of the building this week, or is that somewhat unrealistic? No, I, of course. I, I, I do expect a smooth opening of the building. And, and sure, maybe uh, every uh, every item might not be buttoned up completely, but um, I, I think we're going to be ready to go. I think uh, it's the building's going to look great. And uh, I think you know all of our Pelican fans and, and residents of New Orleans and, and Jefferson and the state of Louisiana can be real proud of this building because uh, – it's uh, it's really looking good. Dennis Lasher with us here on the uh, Black and Blue Report. Dennis had a, a reporter ask me over the weekend about about the um, the new renovations to the arena, and I kind of deferred only because the, I thought the list was so long that I didn't want to miss anything. But now I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, really, when when folks walk into the building this week, what what will they see right away? What will what will jump out at them? Well, let, let, let me just remind you, and I know you know this, but I'll remind some of our listeners out there. Basically, it's two phases, and and, and uh, the two phases are that are going to be constructed over two years. So uh, this was the first phase; it, it happened over this off season, and a very 
big component of this phase was fan amenities. Um, and so we're, I'm, I'm going to throw the list, the list out here and hopefully I hit everything off the top of my head. But, uh, the, the, the first project, um, that was completed in this phase, um, actually is not a fan amenity. It's a team amenity and it's a new locker room and new locker room areas and new family areas for our team. Um, one thing that we, we have seen um, as new uh, stadiums are built and new arenas are built, we continue to see the upgrades of, uh, of locker rooms. And it was an area that really needed to be, um, to be done in our building. And so we now have, I would argue, or, or um, state that we have the, uh, the, the, the best locker room probably in the NBA or one of the best locker rooms in the NBA. It's, it's very similar in style to what we did over here with our brand new practice facility. And uh, we've kind of exported it into the arena. A lot of room, a lot of meeting space, uh, a lot of other amenities that the NBA team um, should have. So we're ha real happy about that. I think our team, I certainly know that Monty and Dell are excited about that as well. I went through the, the area uh, about a month ago with Dell, and he just kept on saying, God, I can't believe how nice this is. I can't believe how nice this is. And so um, we're real excited about that um, from a basketball operations standpoint. Um, as we, if we stay on the first floor and, and really just walk right across the hall from a locker room, one of the most exciting new things that we have is something called the Chairman's Club. And it's a, you may have heard, it's a VVIP area, a very nice area. And, and this club is an extension, if you will, of where the Capital One Club is. Um, and uh, it has some really neat amenities in there. We, we went around and looked at a lot of different arenas across the country, and we tried to pick some of the best things that we saw out of those other arenas and export them into our, or import them into our building. And, and this area has a uh, a wine locker and we'll have a concierge and and one of the really neat things in this in this area of the building is that it will have a glass wall that basically overlooks uh, or looks into if you will the the hall area where players come out of the locker room so it's it's a really a high-end very very nice area and uh, we're real excited about that um, as we continue to progress down the hall the capital one club has completely been uh, renovated um, and a and, uh, big effort there was not only in renovating the interior, but also extending it out onto the patio area. And so uh, we'll have uh, a really nice area outside as well. And then as we moved into what was formerly called the VIP lobby, we've added an escalator there. So it's a lot easier to get um, up into the club areas. And as you go up into the club areas on that escalator, what you'll find is you'll be right where the new loge boxes are. And we we built some new loge boxes, and um, those loge boxes have been sold out now for quite a quite a while. And I think the fans are really gonna uh, like that area. Um, it's basically mini boxes uh, that that fit four four fans, and it has uh, um, a television there uh, in their box, and. Um, it's an all-inclusive with food and some other amenities that go on, go along with it, but it's a really neat effort, and, and I've already um, I've already heard uh, a cry from our ticket office and our premium office already saying that they're ready to get more of those loge boxes, and I think the fans are really going to like that as well. But as you move away from the loge boxes and you start going towards uh, around the baseline and start heading towards midcourt, uh, you you need to come into our new club areas. Both of our club areas have been totally renovated and expanded, um, uh, particularly on 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 one side. We have uh, really increased the um, the square 
feet of the the club area so i think it's going to be a lot more accommodating and i think people are going to like that a lot and as we move upstairs to the next level we move up to the suite level where all the suite levels how the whole entire suite level has been renovated um new carpet the suites in the in the concourses um um new facades on the on the, that when you enter the suite and then all new uh, suite uh, furniture uh, inside inside the suite and a new new seating configurations. Uh, I think people are going to like the seating configurations. We changed all the configurations, and what it does now is it allows a little table between seats, and so it's going to be a lot more uh, comfortable. And I think our fans will like that a lot. And then as you move up to the top level, the thing that uh, I think most people are excited about or everyone who walks through gets real excited about is this new bar area we put in the balcony, in the corner of the balcony seating. We basically blew out a section and, and, and essentially put a bar there. And above the bar is a uh, is a, a, a area for a live band to play. The, the interesting thing, and we're going to have to see how this works, is that everyone who visits that area so far basically said we don't want the band up there we want to sit up there because it's a great it's a great uh, seat and a great view so we'll kind of play it by ear for the first couple games and see how our, our fans enjoy that area and how we will eventually use that area but uh, it's uh, it's something that we haven't seen in this market in any venue that we have where a whole section like I said has been blown out in the seating area and the bar has been uh, has been put in so in essence you can be standing in the con in the concourse area look right through uh, where the seats were through the bar and see and see the field, and see the uh, basketball court which will which is which is kind of neat and then and the last thing I, I may have skipped something but the other thing uh, that we really have to talk about is or should mention is all the concession stands every concession stand has been upgraded in the entire building so Again, all that work was done in phase one, and then in phase two, uh, just as a highlight of what we will see in the future, um, a, a brand new lobby will be uh, built on the, the, the front of the building, and uh, a whole new access way uh, into the uh, into the uh, into the arena. So we're looking, we're very excited about phase one, and we have an eye on phase two. It's so. exciting. I, you know, it'll be great. I think, I think I I have the. Um, the privilege of seeing all the arenas around the NBA and, and to see ours now step into the top tier is going to be great. And I think that it's going to be noticed by those that come in from outside of our area too. And we'll say something about where we want to be as an NBA market. I think that's, I think that's pretty important. I think that's a, a big topic of conversation. Dennis, there seems to be this unspoken battle these days and it's in the NFL too, the NFL and the NBA, this um, conversation about uh, Joe fan will say, it's hard for me to go do the game day experience in person because I can watch now on my 55-inch television at home and all that. Do, do these changes, uh, do these steps help enhance the going to the game experience and address some of that battle that, that we've heard kind of unspoken around both leagues? Sure. And, and you know, we've talked a, we talk a lot about that here. We've, um, we talk about that pretty almost daily about the fan experience and how important it is to upgrade the fan experience constantly. And, 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 uh, one thing that we're doing, um, as an organization, uh, the Pelicans are doing, and then, um, it's also going to, we're also going to apply it to the Saints as well. But the thing that we're real proud about on the Pelican side is, is that we're currently working with the NBA and some other teams on a on a on a project to to bring the best fan experience that we can to our fans here in New Orleans. And and we're working with the NBA in a partnership 
with um, with Disney now. Uh, we're working with the Disney Institute, and what we're trying to do is take a fresh look at everything we're doing in our building, and and take a fresh look from the moment the fan wakes up that morning until the fan goes to bed that day. How was their his or her, uh, their families, how was their game experience, and make sure that it can be as smooth and as fun um, as it possibly can, as most entertaining as it, as it possibly can. And if we can do that, you know, we know that our fans, although they have the option to watch on TV, they're going to come to the building because they're going to want to come to the building. That's what we want them. We want them to come to the building, of course, be involved in the game, and they actually participate in the game and make a change in the outcome of the game through their through their uh, yelling and screaming and participation that way. You know, there's nothing you can watch on television, and we love our, our viewers out there, and we love our listeners who listen to you on the radio, but there's nothing like coming to the game, seeing it, participating, smelling the uh, the concourse with the freshly uh, pop popcorn um, and all the, the noise, uh, the sounds of the game. There's nothing like that. And so you will see, our fans should see over the course of this year, some tweaks along the way. Um, and then and then the implementation of what we eventually arrive at with uh, with Disney and the Disney Institute. But to answer your question, yes, it's, it's you know, front of mind. It's something that uh, we pay a lot of, of attention to. And these, and these um, improvements that we made in the arena were made to address what you're talking about. We we listened to the fans. We were heard a lot of what they wanted, what they saw in the other, other buildings, what what you guys and the and the other folks that work for us saw in other buildings and and we said let's come back and let's and let's uh make it all work. And then the other big component of that that um that we should also pay attention to was that, you know, this is all wrapped up in the big deal we have with the state that we were able to sign a couple years ago or a year ago, roughly 18 months ago, that basically in many ways reflected what we did with the Saints as well, which was give us the opportunity to generate more revenue and thus the state will not have to make guarantee payments to the team anymore. And um, it's worked very well with the Saints, and this is in many respects the outflow of um, our long-term agreement with the Pelicans, and and we're very bullish and think with these improvements that we're making, we'll be able to generate the revenue that we need, so we can have the financial viability to not only be in the market but be successful in the market and make people proud of the basketball team that we're putting on the court. Uh, you're singing to the taxpayer inside of me. I love that. <laughs> Dennis Losh is our guest. He's the president of the Pelicans. And the Saints. All right, I got to put you on the spot here just for a moment because I need help here. Mm -hmm. um, one of the most frequent questions I get about what we're going to see at the arena is this: Is there going to be a new scoreboard in the New Orleans Arena in, at some point during this this project? Um, and I and I don't have an answer for him, so that's why I'm asking you, I guess. Well, it, um, de depends on how you define scoreboards. Let me throw it back to you here for a second. <laughs> but uh, but actually, one I'm glad you brought that up because one of the um, I know where you're headed, but uh, it, it, it made me uh, think of uh, another item I left off my list here, and that is we are, we are definitely on the uh, upper balcony um, around the, the, uh, the circumference of the balcony, if you will. We're going to have an, a new um, scoreboard wrap. Um, which will be, um, which will look really neat, and, and uh, it's electronically, pro digitally programmed like everything else. So it'll bring more to our game day. So I forgot that on my list, but that's something new that the fans should look at as well. That's probably not what you were heading at. You were talking about new video boards, and re hung, right. yeah, replay yep. boards. That it will not be part of phase one, but I, I can tell you, uh, we are. 
definitely pursuing that uh, in phase two. And I'll really even give you a bit of a, of a, a peek under the tent. We're really pursuing that for the Superdome as well. Uh, we're looking wow. at maybe a, a center hung for the Superdome and a center hung for the arena as well. Um, so we're working on that right now. And uh, we think um, if we can do something like a center hung in the Superdome, that will really help our Super Bowl bid uh, come 2018 as well. So, um, so we have an eye on that as well. So, uh, but yes, we're definitely have that, uh, like I said, on the radar screen. Wow. Look at this producer, Dan, a little uh, scoop here on black and blue report uh, that Dennis, they said, they tell me that if you buy in bulk, you get a little bit of a break. So That's maybe with both too. buildings. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, good yeah. stuff. Hey, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the saints just for a moment before, uh, um, you sneak out of studio B here. Um, I think we all knew that things were going to go fairly well. I think that we liked, what Mickey and Sean and everybody had done in, in, as far as putting this fall's team together. But going into the bye week with a 5-1 and one record, that has to put a smile on your face a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're real excited about it. And, uh, and, and coming off last season, um, you know, like I said, we're, we're, you know, last season we obviously didn't make it to the playoffs and, uh, we still have a long ways to go with this season, but, uh, we're real excited about five and one and, uh, we're very happy, and, and Sean does an unbelievable job. So does the uh, coach and staff. And, and uh, you know, I know you were around here all summer, and you saw the incredible work that went into uh, the team in the off season, and saw really some dedication that I really had never seen before. These players worked uh, hard than I've ever seen, and uh, I think it's paying off now with the 5-1 and one record. So ready to strap in for the rest of the season and look forward to great things from our football team. Agreed. I think we're in for a heck of a ride here. The Saints are 5-1. and one. The Pelicans are 6-0 and oh in the preseason. We'll open up the new building on Wednesday and then open up the regular season next week. We should mention that there are still, and I know it's limited at this point, there are still a number of tickets if you want to come out and see the new building and see the defending champs on Wednesday night. And then opening night is going to be a big night, too, with our friends at Oshner and Breast Cancer Awareness. Anything before you go? Yeah, I have one more thing. Yes. You're talking about scoops here. Um, I want to give you guys a scoop. Um, later right. today, uh, we're going to uh, make an announcement with a press release that uh, the New Orleans Pelicans has signed, uh, have signed a long-term agreement with Adidas. And what that means is the, the, new, uh, the, the new arena with the improvements will have an Adidas store in it. And uh, it's one of only a handful of teams across the league that have been able to reach a deal with Adidas. Adidas feels very strongly uh, with our market here, and we uh, we feel very strongly with the relationship with Adidas. So um, we'll have a brand new uh, merchandise area uh, for this year, upgraded merchandise area with uh, with Adidas as our partner, and uh, we can't we couldn't be more excited. So that would make that make the Pelicans what the fifth team? I mean, you're talking I, about I a real that, small, yeah, very here. small, and, uh, and and like I said, Adidas feels very bullish about our market and we feel very good about it as well. And uh, so they're going to take over our, our operations there, and, uh, and they're going to run our store uh, in the arena. So we're really, really excited about that, real proud of that. Um, and uh, I know our fans will as well. And and because, you know, one of the neat things that, you, that when you partner with Adidas, one of the neat things that I heard and I think our fans would like is uh, just the selection alone in these Adidas stores is truly remarkable because in many respects it truly is the trend-setting stores for adidas uh you know when they have new products coming out when they have new things they want to explore they put it in these types of shops they put it in their in their shops and uh, so uh, we're real excited about it. we think we'll see a real real upgrade to 
Pelican uh, merchandise and Pelican gear, and uh, hope hope our fans see it as well. Yeah, so. any of our fans who have been to New York and uh, have been marveled by the Brooklyn Nets team store yep. experience, that's exactly yep. what Dennis is talking about yep. here. Yeah, uh, Brooklyn was one of the teams that they launched that with last year. Yep. So. Good news. I'm really good. glad you stopped by. This yeah. made my Monday now. This is good stuff. Good <laughs> well, luck today you. with the tour. Um, this is kind of what with the civic officials today. Yep, 3.30, and, uh-huh. okay. media and civic officials. Mm-hmm. Are you taking a Michael Buble tomorrow night? Uh, I, I am not, no. um, but uh, I, have a, I have a conflict, but uh, I'm sure it'll be a great a great event. I just so. didn't know if you'd be there at the end of the show to say, Mike, uh, get your stuff out the door. <laughs> get out of we here. got a basketball yeah. game. And don't scuff up the floor. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Good to see you, sir. Well, thank Thanks you. for stopping Appreciate by. It. Dennis yep. Lasher, president of the Pelicans and the New Orleans Saints, of course. Uh, good show today here on this Monday. Still to come, Eric Gordon uh, here on the Black and Blue Report. And we're also going to take a look back at the NFL weekend as I promise you back in our first segment. Back up, please. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Being the official chicken of the New Orleans Saints, we're more than just fans of the Saints. We're fans of Saints fans. So on game day, we make sure they're reloaded with tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. The best chicken fingers around? We got this. Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. Are you ready for healthcare reform? At Blue Cross, we're ready to help. Learn all you can about healthcare reform at bcbsla.com slash reform. Here you'll find information on tax credits, health insurance options, answers to frequently asked questions, and a handy checklist to help you prepare. Visit us today at bcbsla.com slash reform and get ready. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and is incorporated as Louisiana Health Service and Indemnity Company. Back here on the Black and Blue Report, as promised, we'll talk a little about the NFL. I know the Saints were off this past weekend, but I know all of you were following a, a very weird weekend in the league. Well, I would say weird, but it, just another great weekend in the league that speaks to the parody of the situation and, uh, and why we all love the NFL. And with that, Mike Garofolo of Fox Sports 1 and uh, FoxSports.com is uh, joining us again here on the Black and Blue Report. Mike, I know you're busy on a Monday. I appreciate you stopping by, but I, I had to pick your brain a little bit about the fun weekend we saw in the NFL that ended last night with uh, Peyton Manning losing uh, in his return to Indianapolis. But I did want to start with um, the Jets-Patriots game, Mike, because uh, the Saints lost to the Patriots on that last play the week prior, and here now the Patriots fall to a rookie quarterback in the New York Jets, surprising team of the NFL. And and what a weird way to end it. Um, You know, I, I, I guess I remember the meeting we had during training camp with the officials about the rule changes, but I didn't think it would impact the game so greatly like it did yesterday. Yeah, for all the people who thought that the week one victory by the Jets, uh, which was made possible by a roughing the uh, passer penalty, or excuse me, a late hit penalty on Levante David hitting uh, Geno Smith on his way out of bounds, which set up a Nick Foles field goal. Anyway, I thought that that one was wacky. Uh, this one certainly trumped that. Uh, and, and, and here's here's where the confusion lies. And as soon as I saw this, I thought to myself, Oh, wait a minute, did they call this the wrong way? Because uh, Chris Jones, who was lined up on the line, stunts over, gets behind Will Svitek, I think that's how you say it, and he starts pushing him. And I said, well, hold on a second. He was not a second-level guy. He wasn't a linebacker. And I thought maybe that only applied to linebackers. And then 
scrambling around, and lucky for me, one of my coworkers is Mike Pereira at Fox, and he was able to quickly say, you know, no, I just the rule book. There's no reference to a second level player. Uh, it just says you can't push guys. Now, Bill Belichick, either out of ignorance or out of elective ignorance, <laughs> believed that what happened was legal and. Guys have been doing this around the league all year long to kind of try and get away with it. Well, if we have a guy on the line who can just stunt over and push, that's fine. Um, but either way, it was called correctly. Nobody can push no matter where you line up. That rule was changed this offseason. And actually, for a column I wrote uh, on FoxSports.com that went up late Sunday night, it's up there now, the, uh, a Sunday rap column that we do each week, uh, I talked to Will Montgomery of the Washington Redskins. And why did I do that? Because he's the guy that last year – or last offseason, uh, enacted the change. He talked to the NFL Competition Committee. He also said, by the way, that one of the Hardball brothers was also making a push. He couldn't remember if it was Jim or John uh, for the rule change because he, there was one play against the Bengals where four guys were lined up over him, two two on each shoulder, or excuse me, one on each shoulder, so two there, and then two guys behind them, and they started pushing, and he just said he did the splits. He's not supposed to be able to do the splits at 300-plus pounds, tears his hamstring, Goes to the NFL in the offseason and says, you need to change this rule because it's just not it's just not safe for the blockers on field goal. So that's why that rule came into effect. Will Montgomery, uh, who did not see the play live yesterday, obviously, he was playing his own game, but was happy to hear that they made that call and they're starting to enforce it because, again, he had seen it on film from other teams and the guys were getting away with it. Uh, you know, you, whether it be kickoffs or, or extra points or field goals, you always hear this, this rumbling, Mike, about – you know they, that there's folks that want to eliminate that piece of the game and everything else, but how can you take away the excitement that these plays provide? Even the routine seemed to give us some kind of hold your breath moment. And now even with this rule, there's this new technicality that moves a team up to win a football game. I just I don't know how anyone even even if you whether you like the new rule or not, I don't know how you eliminate these kicking moments in football. There's no doubt about there's no doubt about it. We've um... We've come to a point in NFL football where it's a, a crisis of conscience kind of deal, and we've sacrificed a lot of entertainment in recent years in the name of player safety. And uh, Roger Goodell has a lot of uh, liability issues to worry about, and obviously uh, this is a change that was made. And it's funny you mentioned about you know the, the way it's changing these games or taking the excitement out of, the, out of those plays. I talked to Ryan Keel. Uh, who played for a couple of teams in his career, ended up uh, finished his career with the New York Giants as a long snapper. And he said, boy, it used to be, you know, long snappers would get picked up and rammed by four guys. And he, even the long snapper who had his head down and couldn't get up in time, man, he would get jacked up. They changed that in 2006. Nobody's allowed to line up over the, over the long snapper to give those guys a better chance. But he said, you know, hey, look, it, this, does this make the kicks a little more automatic? Yeah. And he seemed kind of torn about it. You know, he's a guy that, that – they're trying to protect or play the, play the position where they are trying to protect. And even he said, you know, it's a contact sport. You kind of know what you're signing up for. But, again, the NFL has made these changes, and I'm sure they'll continue to make them. Mike Garofolo from uh, Fox Sports 1 and uh, FoxSports.com with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Mike, I know there's one more game to be played tonight on this NFL weekend, but if you kind of look at the weekend in general, what, what really jumped out at you other than the way that Jets-Patriots game ended? The number of injuries, the number of serious injuries to, to quality players is what jumped out at me. And I know we're just coming off of a, an answer here where I just talked about player safety and all that stuff. And, and it wasn't even head stuff. I mean, I, I'm told that, that 
Doug Martin uh, suffered what's believed to be a torn labrum. He's going to be done for the year. Not that the Buccaneers are going anywhere anyway. Uh, I'm also told that Reggie Wayne, as others have told, that, that he's believed to have torn his ACL. We're still waiting uh, results of the MRI there. Uh, Sam Bradford, the Rams confirmed a torn, torn ACL. Jake Cutler, even if it's not a season ender, looks like he's going to be down for a couple of weeks there. Josh McCown played excellent football, by the way. I think that's the under-told under, uh, story of Sunday. Uh, and and I'm, I'm blanking. Uh, Nick Foles with a concussion and, and some other things that he's got going on that we'll find out about, I'm sure, as the week goes on. Um, it, it, it's just kind of it, oh, it's Michael Finley, of course. Uh, and I, I, I'm hoping that that thing turns out to be not nearly as serious as it could have been, or even still could be. We're we're, we're keeping an eye on that one. So it's just it's just one of those weekends where you say, wow, boy, it's just it's a dangerous game, and you, you hate to see good players, especially a guy like Reggie Wayne, who works so hard at his craft to have it taken away, and Andrew Luck was upset that he didn't get him the ball in the right spot, and I'm sure I know how Andrew Luck is feeling today. Yeah, it's amazing, and I'm with you about the injury situation this week, because it takes me back, Mike, to early in the season when all of us, and I'm as guilty of it as anybody else, you try and prognosticate what's going to happen with the football season, and who's going to be where and at the end of this thing, and when you see teams' fortunes or their destinies change on a on a particular play because of a significant injury, it's almost impossible to try and figure out who's going to still be standing and where they'll be standing at the end of this thing. It is, and what you go with and, and, and where guys make their money around the league uh, are, are those post-personnel departments where guys are able to build depth. And, you know, you, you look at a team like the Seattle Seahawks, who to me is the deepest team in the NFL, um, you know, obviously they need to stay healthy as well, but if you've got a roster like that and you've got a personnel department that's proven to been able, be able to put, uh, you know, the 53rd guy on the roster that's probably, you know, as good as the 25th guy on the roster, or in the case of the Jacksonville Jaguars, maybe even the 5th guy on the roster, uh, you look at, at teams that are consistently able to do that, and, and, and those are the teams that I guess you, you kind of stand behind, and teams that have quarterbacks, but again, you got to hope that the quarterback stays healthy and uh, for a couple of teams this weekend, that wasn't the case. So, yeah, it, it is tough to prognosticate, and it's all about injuries anymore in this league. All right, the Saints are we're off this weekend. They get the Buffalo Bills at home this coming weekend. Buffalo, I think, gets four takeaways and ends up beating Miami. Um, what should Saints fans or the Saints themselves be concerned about with regard to the Bills going into this weekend? Well, I mean, how scrappy they are. It's amazing, and I don't think Doug Marone's getting enough credit. I know they they have a 3-4 and four record here, but that team should be – you know, one and six, zero oh and seven. It, it, it's it's really incredible uh, how scrappy they've been, and and Thad Lewis doesn't seem like you can uh, you can discourage him much either. He's been he's been quite a revelation, uh, and good for that guy. I, I like the way he plays, good style of play. So I I just you know you're, you're going to play good defense if you're the Saints. You you know you're going to have a good plan. You know you're going to be aggressive based on what we've seen from their defense, but. Uh, if there's one thing you got to be worried about, it's the fact that it's tough to knock that team out right now. Interesting stuff. Of course, for now we're now we're out of time. I wanted to ask you about the undefeated Chiefs, but I will ask you one question to leave a bad taste in your mouth, if you don't mind. Um, with what we saw injury-wise over the weekend, is Tim Tebow back in the NFL this week? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, I just that was that was fun for me. I, sorry. There you go. And in regard to the Chiefs, some week coming up, somebody's going to make Alex Smith beat them. He's not going to be able to do it. They won't be undefeated much longer. But you know what? Kudos to Andy Reid, who's having a blast. And after all, he's been 
been through. He deserves to have a blast. I appreciate you taking a little smile with me there at the end. I like that. There uh, you go. Good stuff. Mike Garofolo from uh, Fox Sports 1 and FoxSports.com. Uh, it's always a treat when you can stop by. And I know you're busy. I hope that maybe down the road we'll get to talk to you again, Mike. You got it. Absolutely. All right. We'll be back on the Black and Blue Report. Eric Gordon is our guest right after these messages. Saints fans, show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds. You have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning black and gold Saints tickets in our second chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Bud Light presents... NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light. For the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer in St. Louis, Missouri. Chicks dig the long ball. Gordon, right of the key, crossover dribble to the top of the key, shoots off the glass and in. He was fouled, and it's a possible three-point play. Now, back to the Black and Blue Report. Well, the Pelicans wrapped up that road trip over the weekend and stayed perfect on the preseason at 6-0. and And here on this Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report, we visit with number 10, Eric Gordon, who uh, kind of got himself back into the fold as far as playing goes. Your first two games back on this uh, last road trip. I, I actually saw a smile from you, I think, during some of those those minutes you played the last two games. Yeah, yeah, it's just been fun. I'm getting fun, just getting back in the groove, playing healthy and, uh, you know, a little sore, you know, as far as getting back into it, but I'm going to be fine and uh, really looking forward to these uh, next preseason games before we look look forward to the, to the long haul season. The, the long road back to kind of where I, I think you, you feel like you're yourself again. Have, have there been things that you've been able to do on the floor that have proven to you yourself that you're ready to go and you can do what you used to do? Well, as far as tagging the rim, like the first game I attacked the rim a lot, and in this game I've uh, knocking down threes. and uh, So it's starting to come, come back together, and uh, I'm going to take these next two preseason games real serious to where, you know, really attacking the rim, doing a little bit, taking, just doing things I normally do as far as my overall game and uh, just look forward to really uh, boosting things up. You, you now have finally gotten into games with your new teammates. Um, what, what, what do you like about it? What's what's different about this group? What what stands out? Um, they, they, you got you got guys who can play make like uh, Drew. He's a big time playmaker, and I uh, can't wait for Tyreek to get back and going. And uh, you know you got really good guys that are stepping up like uh, Brian Roberts. He's been playing big for us. Ryan's been stepped it up a little bit more. He's, he's you know he's he's even more creative. Uh, I mean, everybody's stepping up, even AD, and so a lot of people are stepping their games up now. It seems like, at least through the the first six games, and I and I have trouble, Eric, reading what is right and what is false about preseason games. But one thing that seems to have stuck out a little bit here is the fact that this group shows some toughness, and especially late in games. Do you see that yourself? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's what we need to do, and uh, that's why I can't wait to get out there in, in those tough situations. That's that's what I like to do. But uh, everybody, guys are stepping up, and it's, it's good for us to start getting the rhythm of winning and, and doing things that, that we know is right. That's the main thing. Why is, why is it 
that you and your teammates seem to put a premium on winning preseason games? Because most of the time, folks don't care about wins and losses in the preseason, but yet you all seem to be putting some of it a premium on it. Well, yeah, because this is our first time actually playing, getting a chance to really play together in this preseason. We've got a lot of new guys, and uh, and as far as new guys, you know, some of your top, top playmakers. So we, we definitely have to get it, get it all together and, and look forward to these next two seriously before the season starts. Characterize what preseason game number seven is usually like. You'll finally be back at home against Miami, but is that really the kind of the, the last dress rehearsal for you guys? Yeah, um, you know, not 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 really. You know, it's, it's going to be fun to play at home, you know, in front of our fans and, uh, and right in New Orleans and play against a good Heat team. And we look forward to playing them on uh, this coming up Wednesday and look forward for the next road game. Yeah, those, those two preseason games remaining in about two weeks until the opener. Does, it, does the opener at this point seem far away or is it? seem very close. Oh, it's, it's, it's very close and you know we're very looking forward. We, we almost want to start the season tomorrow and uh, I think we, we will be ready for it. Good to have you back. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Eric Gordon with us here on the Black and Blue Report. We'll continue on this Monday after these messages. Okay, you've just been told you have a serious heart issue. Congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder, now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center as the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is... I just saw your test results, and they look great. No problems. Leading Edge Care. Just one more reason to choose an auctioner-affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. So good stuff today on the Black and Blue Report. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, big news again from Dennis Lasha today about scoreboards and team stores and all the renovations going on at New Orleans Arena. Um, uh, it's certainly going to be a, a nice evening on Wednesday when the Miami Heat roll in. I know it's only a preseason game, but you get a quality opponent in Miami. It'll be a lot of folks' first look uh, in person of the New Orleans Pelicans and a building that I think that most of us as uh, citizens, taxpayers, and the like can all be proud of when the uh, curtain gets pulled back on the New Orleans Arena Renovations Phase 1 on Wednesday night. Uh, We'll be back with you tomorrow, noon central, uh, and we'll get closer and closer to uh, full-blown coverage of the uh, Saints and Bills this weekend. And I'll have a whole lot more for you. Thanks again for tuning in. We really appreciate uh, you helping make this uh, podcast a real success here uh, as we roll through the middle of October. So for producer Dan and for all of our guests today and for you as well, I'm Sean Kelly. See you tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.